Tim, how's it going Friday? Bonus edition coming at you. Appetite for Construction, Plumbing Perspective, Mechanical Hub. How you doing? I'd get all the brands in there except for a hydronic sub. Well, Good for we you, talking, JP. We were talking about branding, which I think we'll get to at the end of this podcast. But um, you know what? Around where I live in Illinois, it hasn't rained much in a while, so... I'm kind of juggling whether that's actually a good thing where I don't have to mow the lawn like every week. So instead I just look out onto the lawn. It's just Brown. It's just dead grass. So I, it's funny. I was looking at our, we're still in Scottsdale, but I've pulled up the cameras at home to look at the grass and it's, it's, it's really bad. Um, The gentleman that mows our grass actually sent me a text on Thursday of uh, last week, he was like, "I'm not. I haven't mowed grass for two weeks. I may not mow this week because it's just bad looking. Would you like me to water it?" And I was like, "No. If if everybody's grass looks bad, it's all right." So yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, for that's, you. That's that's how ours looks. So uh, a lot of stuff going on with the website. Uh, did a hub spotlight with uh, Justin Vader. He's Vader the plumber on Instagram, and he's one of those Star Wars guys slash plumber. Um, they do the, what do you call it? The best car collar boys with best car collar boys. Yeah. The podcast. Yeah. With the Plumalorian and some other Bobby Drescher. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's on the site. You can read it on mechanicalhub.com. We actually had him on, uh, Instagram live last night, which was, how really was that? Cool. It was good. I, I had never met him before. I think I've seen him at trade shows, never really spent some time talking with him and he, it was good. Uh, it's archived on Plumbing Perspectives IG. You can go look at it. But um, I thought it was it went really well, and it's always a good thing when he, you know, somebody messages you after something like that, and he said um, he said he had a really good time. It was a great live, so that made me feel good that um, you know we're doing something right there. So he's from outside Toronto, about an hour east of Toronto, I recall. Yeah, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Any any cool things you guys talked about on the IG live? Well, he he works at a nuclear facility, so you know I I said this, but you know the only experience or knowledge I have of a nuclear facility is watching The Simpsons. So I'm not sure how accurate <laughs> that is. I saw the article that you did was really cool. The spot product, uh, the contractor spotlight that's on the website. I saw that he got his start originally. He was an underwater welder. Welder. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's, I mean, that's, that's one of those ballsy jobs. Yeah. Seeing the photo of him in his outfit too. Well, you know, he's got one of those, the old suits with the tank, with the hose, um, you know, that leads to the air above, you know, I guess on a dock or wherever it was, but on a boat, but, um, you know, it's like when you're playing with kids and you have the garden hose and you kink the, the hose, then you got no, no air supply, right? But he was saying, because Mike uh, Prenkavich Jr., he's on there, and he was like, dude, uh-huh. I would I would never go do that. He goes, I just, I'm claustrophobic. I can't do that. And then he went into detail about, like, he had to go underwater and, like, squeeze through this pipe. Like, he was, <laughs> he could barely fit through this pipe. And, you know, if he got stuck or if, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm losing breath just listening to this, you know. Kind of reminds me of you know those that are in the mining industry when yeah. they go down. I just I'm claustrophobic myself. I I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Um, speaking of mining, 
uh, I was reading this and, you know, we shared this uh, Home Building Institute's labor market report. Yep. And actually mining is a, it's a pretty good, pretty good job to get into these days. But we're also talking about construction, which is very highly sought after. There's a shortage. I think one of the infographics or um, one of the call outs was just the shortage of the trades. According to like builders and remodelers, I think plumbing was like fourth on the list as far as yep. shortages. Well, just in construction in general, one three hundred to four hundred thousand current open open jobs in construction. Interestingly, it's one of the highest paying jobs, um, you know, trades jobs according to this report. It says you know jobs and average hourly earnings in construction have increased 5.4% since last year, approaching the $36 an hour mark. That's a pretty good living wage. And it says utilities 27, private sectors 33. So, I mean, it's it's high up there, you know, as, as I guess that's an average. Yeah. Yeah, that's an average. And I saw some of the states, our state of Illinois, New York, I think Rhode Island, California, Alaska – were I think the five highest were average pay was in the plus 40. Mm-hmm. So, and I think there was like Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, some of the traditional South states were lower. So yeah, I $36 an hour. That's a pretty damn good amount of yeah, we'll, wage. We'll keep talking about this as you know, you, that's what kids want to hear is how much money are they going to make? You know, what, what's in it for me kind of thing. You know, I, I've told you my son, his eyes light up when he sees the the dollar amounts and yep. we'll keep, we'll keep talking about this and, you know, shouting from the, the mountaintops and rooftops about the trades and it's a great, great living. Well, 50% of construction workers make $50,000 mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. 25% make over 75,000. So there's there's good living. Yeah, and then eventually I would I would think maybe the average tenure would be 5 to 10 years working for someone and then venturing on your own. You've learned, you know, you've gone through the the schooling and education and apprenticeships and and then working for someone for that long, then you go on your that's kind of exciting at I don't know, mid 30s you're starting your own business or Early yeah, 30s? I, one of the cool one of the cool infographic points was women are at an all time high, make up mm-hmm. nearly twelve percent of the labor market in construction. That's pretty fucking cool. It's cool. Um, that number to me is still lower than. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's plumbing, it's construction. You think of you know these dudes, but it's it's a all inclusive trade, you know and. I'd like to see that number come up, but yeah, that is a pretty good number, 12%. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed. And it said that 23% of construction workers that are employed are self-employed. goes back mm-hmm. to, you know, like our partner, Eric. Eric owns his own business. He's a one-man shop. There's a lot of those out there. There's a lot of those out there, and you can make a really good, really good living doing it. Yeah, and it's also like finding your niche, right? Like um, finding if it's if it's, you know, servicing boilers or if it's drain cleaning or if it's, you know, it's, it's starting with that, finding your niche, what you do best. And then, 
you know, over the years, I guess, diversifying into other aspects of, of your business. But yeah, it's, it's an exciting thing. It's an exciting thing to, to think about guys owning their own business. And I always ask the question, like, you know, when you start your own business, are you, are you scared or anxious about the phone ringing? And eventually it does. And then it's, you know, it's not always smooth sailing, but it's, it's, uh, I got to imagine it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting to, to, to find out, you know, early on when your next, what your next job is or what you're going to be doing. So, well, one of the things that in our 20 plus years in the industry, John, one of the things that I've come to appreciate are the number of guys and gals that are in the industry, either working for themselves or with a small, a, a company that leave their trade job to work for a manufacturer in various capacities, be it training or project management, and the just the wealth of information that they continue to yeah, you know, just, bring to the industry. You just took the the thought out of my head, Tim. Um one of Uh-oh. the things on the on the uh Vader the plumber contract contractor spotlight was that he did mention, you know, some of these he called them old dogs are retiring and we got to get you know, this, <laughs> this influx of new blood and, and, you know, younger generation into the trades. And having said that about the old guys retiring, they do possess a lot of knowledge and experience. And a lot of the guys do end up training or working for a manufacturer or a consultancy mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And, you know, and, interestingly enough is uh, our good friend hot rod roar he he yep. did write a little something on our on our website about just his experience of, of training and you know i asked him to write something about that his experience and then what mm-hmm. what in your experience would draw people in to sit at a training no one wants to watch a powerpoint <laughs> sure they'll get their donuts or whatever coffee in the morning but don't bore me with like PowerPoints and sales pitches. So it's got to be more than that. So he talks a little bit about that on, uh, on his little uh, editorial on, on mechanicalhub.com. And uh, I think it's on hydronicshub.com too. Yeah, that's a good point. I, Hot Rod was one of the people I was thinking of. He, he had his own plumbing shop for years and went the manufacturer route afterwards. Right on, Tim. All right. So we even talk about this. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't because we talk about it off offline and stuff. But it's the topic of branding. Um, we mentioned this early on, and I don't know if we should go down the slope, Tim. But um, I got a funny suspicion you're going down that hill. Well, it's just knowing your audience, okay? And I'm not pointing at anybody, but there's a certain beer company that's had some troubles because – they didn't read the room correctly, or maybe they did and they just didn't care. And that's their, their company's belief to, to do whatever they want with their product. I got to ask you like branding, what is, what is branding to you? You've worked in marketing and, and PR for different companies, but how would you just, I know it's just a very vague and open question, but how do you brand correctly? Ultimately branding is just the process of creating a strong and mostly positive perception of your company. What's that perception? What's the perception of the products or the service that you're coming? That's the brand. 
and to create positivity around your brand, you have to know your audience. And if your audience is a specific, uh, has a specific look to it and you're not going to that look, then you're not doing your brand justice. Yeah. And I, I feel like these days everything comes down to politics. I mean, with you go online and you look at comments and it always goes back, kind of filters down into politics. Someone's ripping somebody about something and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to talk about politics, but I'm just saying that you have to read the room. <laughs> Sorry, it's Brandy. I just got an update on my phone that John Morant, uh, highly skilled, talented, yep. like, Yep. Elite basketball player for 20. He's been suspended for 25 games at the start of next season. And because of he was brandishing a gun uh, on different live videos and, and on his social media. And people will say, hey, man, that's what, you know, it's his thing is he wants to do. But again, it's the NBA branding that doesn't want App, a high absolutely. profile guy to be doing that. So they're trying to, you know, nip it in the bud. So. There's different aspects of branding, how you want to message your company, how you want to. It's how you shape the perception of your company, your products, and your services. In a nutshell, that's what branding is. And, you know, the NBA has done exactly that. They said, Ja Morant, you're going to set out 25 games because you ruined our brand. You, yeah. you know, you, you're in a car with a gun. You shouldn't have it. It's the second or third time you've done it. You're out for 25 games. I'm actually thinking that's slow. I was expecting yeah. more. Yeah, that's not the image that the NBA wants to um, have perceived for young kids that look up to these guys that, you know, as Charles Barkley once said, I'm not your role model. But they are, uh, believe it or not, role models to kids and to, and to the brand. I remember when he said that. And, yeah, he's not a role model, but he's, he's a brand. He yeah. is a brand. Yeah, for sure. Well, John, John, we've got a brand. We've got multiple brands. Mechanical Hub Media is our overarching umbrella with Plumbing Perspective and Hydronics Hub and our newsletters and some of the tools we have. But Mechanical Hub, that's our brand. Mm-hmm. And we do everything we can to you know, show positivity and create a cool, cool um, image around that brand. Yeah, and... For me, been doing this a long time. I've said this over and over and over again. I'm not in the trades per se. I but I will do whatever I can to um, enhance the image and to move the trades forward as much as I can. I, I think that's saying, you know, like I'm Superman or something. I'm not. I'm just saying that you know, moving the trades forward is always my intention. I always want to support the trades any way I can. And highlighting contractors on the website or having them on our podcast or talking about something that's very topical on the podcast or whatever. But that's kind of our, our mission. And you, like you said, you do have to have some sort of positivity. And uh, when somebody sees that logo, they know, man, these guys are, these guys are legit. They're doing the right thing. They've been doing it a long time and, you know, we believe in them. So. No, I agree. Purpose, mission, vision, values. That's what our brand brings to us. Right on, Tim. All right. Well, that's a shorty for today. A a shorty shorty for today. Maybe you should go have some shorties today. Well, have a good weekend, everybody. Like John mentioned earlier, go to the website, read his article on Justin Vader. 
Uh, see Bob Hot Rod Roar's article on his road to the training. Um, and check out our our Instagram account, Plumbing Perspective, Mechanical Hub. And uh, also, before we go, I know we've had some discussions about the uh, mysterious Buffalo Trace whiskey. We have. So I've reached out to their, their marketing department to see if we can get somebody on from the source to talk about the lack thereof. I think I might have said this on an earlier podcast, but I had a buddy that went down to um, – he went down to South Carolina, and the and the midway yep. point was <laughs> Buffalo Trace Whiskey Distillery. And he got there, and he you know he was tired from driving. Gets up to the place, and they're like, "Oh, we're out of, <laughs> we're out of the whiskey at the distillery." So I need to know answers, Tim. Where is the Buffalo Trace? Where is the Buffalo Trace? We're on a mission. We will find the Buffalo Trace. <laughs>